Pray. 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 Pray like this. Like this. Like this. Our Father in heaven. May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins. As we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. But rescue us. Rescue us. Rescue us from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom. And the power. And the glory. Forever. Amen. 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 Welcome you to the Newburgh campus, to our West campus, to our online campus. We're glad that you are here. This is day seven of our prayer series as we go through 21 days leading up to Easter. If you're new here to Crossroads, we want to welcome you. Please come back. We're glad that you're here. My name is Denny Stevenson. I'm the Connections Pastor here at Crossroads Christian Church. Uh, my lovely wife also serves here at our church too. It is an honor to serve with the pastoral team here. You know, I'm old enough to be almost all the pastors on our staff's dad. And I take honor with that privilege. It is an honor to serve with that. But I want to tell you something that is greater for me. You know how wonderful it is when they lead us in worship and we see what they do with our kids and they see all throughout the week. I want you to know that this team is even more amazing in person. They really are. I'm not just saying that. I'm saying that they are incredible people. So, but we could not do what God wants done without him and without you. And we're so thankful you're a part of this. So let's pray. And we're just going to jump right into this. Jesus, we claim this room to be yours. We claim every room that this message enters as yours. And right now, we even claim our very own minds to become yours. Father, help us to set aside the cares of this world. Come, come and saturate us with what you want to say. In the very name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. As a reminder, we are on week two of a sermon series on prayer. Uh, last weekend, Bill Altman led us in the boldness of prayer. And I just have to take a second because there's something interesting to this weekend, something that I and the Auburn Tigers have in common. The Auburn Tigers went to the NCAA for the very first time in history. And I get to preach at the Crossroads Christian Church for the very first time. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to that. The, though the Auburn Tigers lost, I feel like I'm the winner. And we're the winner. We're the winner to, to carry this message to everyone that needs to know. Have you heard the dialogue between a child and a parent? It goes something like this. Daddy, 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 daddy. Daddy, daddy. Now, a child can say that to a parent because they have a relationship with that parent. And the child will keep saying something to the parent, knowing that the parent's going to respond in some form. Now, we're going to take a look at Luke chapter 18. So turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. 
And we're going to look at this passage as Jesus speaks to his disciples. The time that Jesus is spending with his disciples is slowly slipping away. And this parable has great significance why Jesus speaks to his disciples specifically about this and why he's specifically speaking to you and I today. Now, if we looked at this passage, we'd say this passage is all about persistence in prayer. And that is true. But if we dig just a little bit deeper, I believe that we're going to see something that may not be seen right away. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, or Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Parable summed up. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Not all parables do this, but this one does. This parable sums up the entire parable in the first verse. Always pray and do not stop praying. Now, Jesus spoke to the disciples and to you and I in parables for a reason. You see, a parable is a fictional story with a spiritual truth, or some have said it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Now, do you know that person that enjoys telling stories or jokes and they enjoy telling them all the time? Can you imagine if you were with the disciples and Jesus is telling stories all the time? Now, there had to have been one or two disciples that as they're walking around, almost up to three years now, that one of the two of the disciples may have thought, okay, here he goes, here he goes into this story. Because I think the disciples wished that Jesus would say this, just tell us what you want us to do. But there was a reason. There's a reason why Jesus spoke in parable form. Watch this. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? In chapter 13, verse 13, he says, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Jesus told parables or stories that kept those that really were not interested in understanding the parable story, helped those who really wanted to know to learn from Jesus and to paint a picture with a story that we would remember. Now, in verse 1, Jesus said, always pray. Now, let's look in this parable to verse 2 and 3. Matthew, or Luke chapter 18, verse 2 and 3. Persistent request, Jesus said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about what people thought. And there was a widow in the same town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. It is here that we realize that persistence is continuing against all odds. And in this story, there are two characters, the judge and the widow. Now the judge, he was not very popular among the needy in his community because he didn't care. There was a lot of social issues that were brought to him but they weren't always settled very well because, you know it, he didn't care. 
Can you imagine if you brought your issues to a judge like that? This widow, she came to the judge for justice. She didn't ask for anything special. She didn't ask for anything extraordinary. In fact, the law required judges to give special attention to widows. So she was not at all outside her bounds for coming. She came to this judge because her ask was important and the law and society asked this local judge to defend this widow. Verse two and three talk about persistent request. Now let's look at four through six. Request granted. For some time, the judge refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. In this parable, we see that for some time, the judge refused to even listen to the widow. She goes, here's what I need. He didn't listen. Here's what I need. She didn't listen. And he kept, she kept doing this, kept doing this, realizing that nothing was happening. But she did it long enough, and she kept coming, that the judge became fearful of this widow's request. In fact, the verse says he was fearful that she would attack him. Now, it's interesting here. The Greek word for attack is the same word used for bruises or wounds that uh, boxers would use against each other. So I guess the judge did have reason to be a little concerned. <laughs> but you see, in this parable, even though she was coming, and even though she kept coming and he became fearful, it's as though the widow took this judge to the 12th round. She took him so far that he gave up. When all the odds were against this widow, there was no one to defend her. She probably didn't have very much money. There were a lot of things that were against her. But because of her perseverance, she wins. Now, verses 4 through 6 was her grant. Look at verses 7 and 8. How much more? And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? You see, this parable does not compare God to the judge, but shows the sharp contrast between the judge and God. The judge didn't listen, didn't care, and if he was bugged enough, gave in. But God loves you. God listens to every prayer and even answers every prayer not according to our wants and wills, but according to his. Now, we realize this because he answers prayer with a yes, a no, and sometimes just a not now. Jesus loves us, and he will listen to every single thing we have, and he will answer that. 
He answers it to the point that we know that he cares and he cares that much that he would even eventually die for us. Now we just zoomed in on this passage of verses, but we're gonna have to step back because here's the bigger picture that we're gonna look at. There's a why. Now, if the disciples had walked with Jesus for a few years now, why in Luke 18 verses one through eight did Jesus take the time to tell them to pray persistently right now? There's a reason. There's a reason why he's telling them, there's a reason why he's telling us that we need to listen and pray right now. It's as though that there were two mountains on either side of this Luke 18 passage. The mountain on this side is found in Luke 17 because in Luke 17, Jesus predicts his second coming. And he says, just as in the days of Noah, the earth was destroyed. Just as in the days of Lot, Sodom was destroyed. And verse 30 of 17 says, and when the son of man comes, and then they go right into chapter 18, verse one, then Jesus tells his disciples a parable. It's there that we have the mountain on this side and the mountain on that side. The second mountain is found in Luke 18, the end of the chapter. And at the end of that chapter, Jesus predicts his death. So on this side, we, he predicts his second coming. On this side, he predicts his death. And right here in the middle is Luke 18, verses one through eight. It's as though these mountains are surrounding this passage. Now, I took a small mission trip to Honduras a few years ago. And we flew in to Tegucigalpa, which is the capital of Honduras. Upon going, we found out that the capital is surrounded by mountains. So it required for our plane to do a nosedive just to be able to land the plane. In fact, it was such a steep dive. It's kind of like the movies that you and I have watched. You know, those movies where it looks like it's going to crash and they pull it up maybe at the last moment, or you're on a roller coaster and you're at the very top and you're going down. Now, roller coasters are fun, but this was not fun. It was not fun at all. In fact, I felt like there was an edge of excitement with a double shot of Jesus, I'm coming home. <laughs> because we were fearful that we'd never experienced anything like this. We didn't know what was going to happen. But when we got off the plains, there it was. You looked all the way around the city and the mountains just surrounded the city of Tegucigalpa. At the end of our trip, when we were done with the mission, we had to fly out. And when we flew out, the angle of the plane was so steep that if someone was standing up in the aisle, which would have been illegal for them to do so on a flight out, but if they were, which I was kind of tempted to do so, but if they did, then they couldn't stand up because they would have fallen. That's how steep this was. Now join me. Let's step back and let's elevate above Luke 18 verses one through eight. We're gonna look at this passage at a different angle because of what surrounds this parable defines why Jesus says this. Or let's look at the mountains around Luke 18. Again, seven, Luke 17, the prediction of his second coming. Luke, the end of 18, the prediction of his death. No wonder 
Jesus tells his disciples in this parable, always pray, do not give up praying because Jesus knew what was coming. And Jesus is saying that same message to us. Always pray, do not give up praying because he knows what is coming. You see, if the disciples truly knew what was coming, and they didn't. In fact, Scripture tells us several times that they were kept from understanding. I wonder what keeps us from understanding. Understanding that Jesus loves us, and he longs to have a personal relationship with us. You see, I think if the disciples had truly understood, I think they would look like a lady that sat next to me on the plane because when I looked at that lady, she was scared. And it wasn't her first flight to Honduras, which scared me even more. But what about our understanding? What about our relationship? Right now, our, what does our relationship with Jesus Christ look like? What or who is keeping you from having the relationship with Jesus that you need. Why is this so important? Now, follow with me on this one. There is not power in prayer. There's power in the one we pray to. Prayer is the vehicle that takes us something that's out of this world into a dimension that we can't even understand. How did Jesus take just ordinary men, just like you and me, and equip them to become fearless leaders that would go into the known world? He had to train them. How did Jesus train his disciples? Jesus did not teach his disciples to teach or how to. Jesus showed them how to pray. If you want to learn to drive a car, you can expect some behind the wheel drive time. You can expect some more knowledge about driving, some information about looking after the other guys, signs, signals, and so much more. If you want to build a yard barn, you can expect the right tools, diagrams, or maybe a Google walkthrough to get that yard barn built. And if you're struggling with finances, you can sign up at cccgo.com forward slash support and register for Dave Ramsey's next Financial Peace University here at Crossroads Christian Church at our Newburgh or West Campus. And you can expect to live on a budget, pay off debt fast, and give generously back to God. But if you were expected to reach the known world you could expect to receive the power and the direction on how to do so. And the disciples gained such power, Jesus said, if you always pray and not stop praying. Jesus knew what was about to happen to him. The very men he looked into their eyes to, he knew he was gonna have to suffer, he was gonna be beaten, he was gonna hang on a cross, and at, during that third day, he was going to raise from the dead. But he also knew what the disciples standing in front of him, they would have to go through. And that's why he's preparing them and now us to rely on Jesus 
in even some of the darker days. You see in this parable, if you just look at the parable alone outside the mountains, if you just look at the parable, all you see is pray. But Jesus is more than equipping his disciples with a desire to pray and keep praying. Jesus is equipping his disciples to pray against all odds, whether he was with them or later he was not. Ajay Law came and spoke here at Crossroads Christian Church a few years ago. Ajay devoted his life to study of God's word and spreading it to bring people to Jesus Christ. And many men who gave their life to Jesus also studied God's word to teach and to preach it in their local communities. But because of the country that they lived in, that country was opposed to the gospel message being spread. And because of such opposition, these pastors witnessed, get this, they witnessed their houses being torn down their church buildings being burnt. And sadly enough, as Ajay told us, their children being ripped out of their homes, their children being beaten right in front of them. And yes, even their wives raped right in front of them. And Ajay came beside these pastors, supported them, cared for them, and loved them because he knew there were tough times ahead. But these pastors, because of their love for Jesus, they still proclaimed the gospel message in this surrounding community despite the opposition. Now here's where it just sends chills to my toes. He was preparing to come here to Crossroads and to other churches. Before coming, because these pastors who had lost everything walked up to Ajay and said, when you go to the American churches, pray not that persecution stops, but that we will remain faithful. These men were up against unthinkable conditions and they remained faithful. But listen to this. Jesus knows what you're up against. He knows who your adversary is. And I want you to know he's greater than the loneliness you face. He's greater than the papers you may be filed. He's greater than the insecurity you may feel. He's greater than the past you've ever dealt with. And he's greater than any losses that you'll ever experience. Our God is greater. And too often, the disciples and we view prayer as something that we do. When Jesus was asking the disciples to make prayer something that they were. Shaping us from the inside praying continually. Now let's stop for a second because I know not everyone believes, not everyone prays, and not everyone feels adequate in praying to God. Let's address just a few areas. 
First of all, if you do not believe in Jesus Christ or God, I want you to know you will always have a seat here at Crossroads. You are welcome here. But we also want you to know that there's a God that loves you and he died for our sin because he wants to have a relationship with you, with us. Some people here have a relationship with God. They believe, but they're not real active on that relationship. And Jesus wants to be actively involved in our lives. A third area is some may be here and they only pray when they need help or when it's on weekend worship. And God wants through Jesus to be more than a token to us. He wants to become a part of us. Then some of us are here. We pray. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit, it just doesn't happen. We have not always yielded to the Holy Spirit either. But we can still ask Jesus Christ, what can you remove out of my life so I will surrender myself to you and your Holy Spirit? If you have questions about prayer, need to pray, or your next step in a relationship with Jesus Christ, remain seated right here where you're at. After this service, someone will come up and talk to you about what that looks like. Or you can go out to the right side of our atrium in our welcome center, and there you can have someone come alongside you and pray with you. If you're online, we want you to text right now to your host a question you might have. That host will respond to you. We are a community. We are a church family. And we are in this together to build one another up as we walk through life. But what about an answered prayer? How do we live when we've been praying to God, but he's not responded? That is a hardship that a lot of times we go through. And sometimes God delays because it's best for us. Sometimes it's best for him. Sometimes we're settling for something good when if we just waited, he'd give us something much better. You see, in the parable, the judge didn't care about God and didn't care about anything that we think, but he gave up. How much more will loving God when you and I come before him and we yield our hearts to him? I've got some examples that I'd like to quickly go through of persistent prayer. My wife, Jane, myself, and Jeremy moved up here from the south side of Indianapolis from Greenwood, Indiana. I was the outreach pastor at Greenwood Christian Church. And I promised God, if he put me in another assignment, that I would not do ministry as I'd done it before. Because I set goals and I set plans and I taught. But the problem was I. I said, Father, if you will place us someplace, I promise that, and that place is here at Crossroads, that I would not do ministry as I had in the past. So now I still set goals and plans and teach, but not until first letting God plan the goals and plan the plans and plan the teaching. You see, on Monday nights here at 6.30, we have support groups. We have 16 support groups at Newburgh campus, five at West campus. We have a total of 41 volunteers that volunteer on Monday nights here. 
Not one of those volunteers that currently are volunteering with us did I ask any of them to do what they're doing. We have cooks, we have co-cooks. We have assistants, volunteers, leaders all throughout the building. We just kept praying, kept training, God provided. And ministry like that becomes pretty sweet. That's been going on for 13 years, two semesters every year, and God has been faithful. A second example, serving in Vietnam, Mike Berkdahl was injured in a jungle and should have died. But because his bride was back in the States praying for his safety and his salvation, both became true. 19 years of persistent prayer later, Mike gave his life to Christ, but it wasn't enough for Donna. Donna said, I want Mike to find his place right here at Crossroads. So while I was praying in 2005 for leaders for our support groups, Donna was praying for Mike. In 2007, Mike walked up to me and said, God has placed on my heart to lead a ministry for veterans. And guys, we have over 50 veterans here on Monday nights. It's the safest place in the entire city of Evansville. We have 50 veterans here. They started Homefront, Point Man, uh, Reboot, and four other posts in the surrounding tri-state area. It's been amazing. John Cobb, the third example, came to an Easter service, broken, seeking answers for himself and for his family. Mike became a part of a Crossroads discipling group. And in that group, we all learned what it meant to love Jesus more. Now, through prayer, John, his wife, Stacy, brought their daughter Mackenzie to Jesus, their daughter Maya to Jesus, their son Merrill to Jesus. And that would have been enough for most people again, but not for John and Stacy, because you see, John owns a business in downtown Newburgh. He took his faith to work. There was an employee at the job who said, God's convicted me of something. John said, what? He said, I feel like God's calling me into the ministry because John was mentoring men and cared about following the Holy Spirit's lead today. This is cool. Today, there's a church, a church plant in Portland, Oregon called the Movement Church that started from three families that left Newburgh, Indiana and was supported by this business in Newburgh. When you start to pray and persistently pray, prayers go beyond anything that we could ever dream or imagine. Now, this in-between time for Mike, Donna, John, and Stacy, and each of us is hard. This in-between time of praying and waiting is difficult. But I want you to know it is worth the wait. It's worth trusting in the Holy Spirit. It's worth always praying and not giving up on prayer. And to be honest, life doesn't always turn out the way we want it. But the world is taking notice at how we'll respond in difficult times. And that is why Jesus said to his disciples and now to us, pray and always pray because he knew what was coming up for them and he even knows what's coming up for us. I believe too often we do not pray because we forget who we're praying to. You see, if we could stack all the power known to man in this one area, 
one, all, one big stack of pi, uh, power right here. It does not equate to the power that God gives when he fills each believer with the Holy Spirit. God wants a relationship with you and me. And because he loves you and me more than anything or anyone else will, he longs to walk with us. You see, our son, Jeremy, our daughter-in-law, Ariel, and our two granddaughters, Skylar and Beckett, uh, they live in Franklin, Tennessee, where our son is the youth pastor at the Franklin Christian Church. In fact, Jeremy was here last night. He drove up from Franklin just to, to be here and worship with us. And um, it is there that they have a nightly ritual that they'll tuck, tuck Skylar in bed. Now, Beckett's only a few months old, so they don't have to tuck her in bed. She just lays there. <laughs> but when they go to put Skylar in bed, when they go to put her in bed, they'll ask her this question. They'll say, now, Sky, who loves you? And she'll go listing off the different people that love her. And sometimes it takes a while to wind down because my wife and I know who Skylar is and she is really wound up. So they'll say, who else loves you? Who else loves you? Who else loves you? Until she starts winding down. And then at the very end, Jeremy or Ariel will look at our granddaughter and say, Sky, who loves you the most? And in her almost three-year-old voice, Sky will respond, Jesus. It is so cool to know that this little three-year-old girl loves Jesus. And she loves proclaiming that God created you. God created me. God created us not for our pleasure and not just to live, but he created each of us with a purpose. He wants a personal relationship with us so that we would call out to his name and we would say the name Jesus, Jesus that we pray always and not stop praying. Galatians chapter four, verse six, God sent his spirit from his very son into our hearts. And from there he cries out, Abba, Father. Now this is interesting. God put his, the spirit of his son into our hearts and from our hearts, that spirit cries out in a more intimate way Abba, Father, or Daddy. When we begin to understand that Jesus is calling you and I to become children, then you and I can joyfully say, Daddy, 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 Daddy. We will always pray and we will never give up praying. Ephesians chapter three, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine, according to his power that is already at work within us, to him be the glory in the church in Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Prayer is not something that we do Prayer becomes some, something that we become. Today, we're going to do something special. We have some families that want to give back to God a gift that he's given to them, their children. And as a church family, we want to come around these families that want to have us to pray for them. But I have something else that we need to talk about. 
There are people in this room that have children, no age range. And if your child does not know Jesus Christ, don't stop praying for your child. Keep praying for them. Keep praying for these children up on stage. And whether we have kids or not, some of the biggest disciples that we'll raise will be the little kids, the children, right here in our church. Would you pray with me? Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for inviting us into a relationship with you. And we feel so inadequate sometimes. But we understand that you do love us. But in our human minds, it's hard to totally grasp. So now, Father, we embrace you because we know that you long to embrace us. Keep us faithful that we will pray and keep praying until the day we see you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.